When can I start? And we are back with another episode of Down and Dirty, Season 1, Episode 9. I am joined, as always, by Josh Saws. What's good? And today we have a special guest, Mr. Cole Mason. Cole, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for having me. All right, going to go ahead and just open things up here. The Wizards traded John Wall and a first-round pick to the Rockets for Russell Westbrook. If you look at how Houston has handled this offseason, other than the coach hire, I would say they've done almost everything correct. Because Russell Westbrook is not a guy who's going to win you a championship. He's a stat patter. Now, here's a guy. Now, here's a guy who's really not going to do anything but pad your stats. Um. Me and Josh were talking about it last night. It works perfectly with James Harden. John Wall and James Harden are the perfect duo because John Wall, he can score, but his specialty is passing, rebounding, and defense. Like, if you're going to put a label on John Wall, he's the best. He's a top five passer in the league, a top five defender at the point guard position, and a top three def- rebounder at the point guard and position. He's fast as hell. Yeah, yeah, he is also very fast. Uh, Cole. Chime in, man. What do you think about this trade for the uh, Wizards? I think John Wall's better out of the two. He's a more of a team player than Russell Westbrook. Like you guys said, Russell Westbrook's just a a Pat's stat patter. And he just – I think John Wall's probably the best out of the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rockets definitely won that trade. Um, I like it, though, for – like. I don't know. I think Russell Westbrook playing with Bradley Beal could be pretty beneficial. I mean, I don't know. It could. And I'm not like I don't feel the same way about Russell Westbrook that I would have felt like a year ago. This year kind of turned everybody off on him, but still I mean, he it's not like he's like can't help your team win at all. Like he can. Um, we just haven't seen that in a while. So. Yeah, and especially in the East. The East is always weaker. I mean, now obviously it has KD and Kyrie on one team, and then Jason Tatum's becoming a young superstar, and the Celtics are always going to be okay. But, I mean, the East is on the rise, but as far as the competition in the West, it's not even close. So, I mean, Russell Westbrook kind of was like, okay, I'm going to go carry a team that's going to have an easier chance at winning me a championship. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for a Wentz on the bench. The Eagles have moved on from Carson Wentz and will now start Jalen Hurts for Sunday versus the Saints. Um, that's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, Carson Wentz is like last in QBR, last in touchdown and in completion percentage. I think it's kind of a bold move. I mean, if you, yeah. have, if you had somebody else, like there are other uh, rookie quarterbacks that – it would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts, that's a little weird. But, I mean, I don't think it's a bad move. It's just like it's that's a, not who you would have thought would have been starting by now. Like, yeah. I I would have assumed – I really thought Carson Wentz was going to have a really good year. Uh, it's the NFC East, so I didn't think he was going to have, like, an MVP well, year. His, his team is not good around him. Yeah. But he's also missing, like – like, he's done some bad interceptions, like – I saw a tweet. You know, that, you'll have that when there's no one to throw to. Yes, Zach Ertz. I saw a meme. Okay, if you only have one guy to throw to, you have zero guys to throw to. Because they hey. can triple team that guy. Hey. And they can't. They hey. don't even have to worry about everybody else. Yeah, I saw a meme. But... I saw a meme of five wide receivers, like, running routes. And they were out 
in the pattern and it was like this is what we see and then there was another one um and it had like the defense getting ready for like doing warm-ups and they were all just standing on the other side of the ball and then it's the offensive line and Carson Wentz and it says what Carson Wentz sees yeah <laughs> yeah the Eagles offensive line is trash yeah, I honestly thought Jalen Hurts would come in sooner in the season really well, I thought yes I thought they would have like they would do something else with him like when they had Tebow and they had Vic, and this has been like 10 years ago, but uh, Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator then, and um, they had the, they had those guys coming in at like wide receiver and like running wildcat and stuff like that. And they, I mean, they found a couple of things to do with Jalen Hurts, but not really. Well, what I don't understand is they ran one play for Jalen Hurts, but it, he was the receiver for a screenplay. Yeah, and it was like to win the damn game. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it went really well for them. Wow. That's it didn't. There's a reason you're three seven and one. Like that's the biggest thing for me is it makes sense when you're talking about why not because I mean we've seen before with like when you put a new quarterback in there's a certain spark there's a certain what if there's a certain like unknown that you want to go play harder now especially when you've had somebody who's just not contributing. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Literally anybody. Yeah, I think Jalen's probably the best bet for the Eagles right now because it offensive line's really not yeah protecting any quarterback there so I feel like Jalen Hurts with his legs could really get in and out of pocket he feels pressure better than Wentz yeah he's personally. a lot he's a lot more athletic yeah than Wentz so is. if he needs to get out of pocket like he did against the Packers he rolled out felt the pressure and threw a touchdown pass to one of the receivers there I feel like that's Probably going to win the Eagles more games toward yeah. the end of the season. And really, if you're Philadelphia, you don't have anything to lose right now. Like, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to win your division. Uh, surprisingly. Did you have anything to lose originally? No, you but now. You play in the NFC East. Yeah, but now. Well, now you literally have nothing. Like, zero to lose. You at least have your division championship hopes. I kind of agree with Cole now that we say it that way. I mean, like, this division, the entire division's been terrible. So, you got to do, like whatever you can do to win the division because it's so easy for you to do so. Yeah. Um, you got to just make a move to, to see what happens. I mean, even if you if you change to Jalen Hurts this week, doesn't mean that you can't go back to Carson Wentz next week. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Eric Gilbert, uh, five-star commit, or actual, he's the freshman at LSU, uh, played with Harrison Bailey, opts out season at LSU. He said he's just been feeling homesick mentally. He's not there. He's also hurt a little bit. Um, Ed Ogeron uh, released a statement saying he hopes he comes back, but he doesn't know at this point. Um, If you're Tennessee and he goes into the transfer portal, I don't see why we wouldn't even try to give him a call, do something to try and get him here. I don't think you would. If I didn't hear the uh, homesick part until you just said it, yeah. And if that's the problem, Tennessee's no closer to home than LSU. Yes, but I bet you'd feel a lot less homesick if you had the quarter, your hometown quarterback throwing you the touchdowns instead of some random guy you've never met. I mean, that's just smart. He's got one of his teammates at LSU. Yeah, but, yeah, it's but not the his chemistry between a quarterback and a tight end is. I mean, I get that, but he's you know, still got one of his teammates at LSU. I mean. I know, like, the chemistry between a quarterback and tight end. Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't – I mean, I don't think it matters enough to make him not homesick. If if he's playing with one of his teammates right now and he's not comfortable playing the rest of the year and he's going home, 
then, I mean, I expect them to go play at Georgia or Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I would just really like to have him come here, especially with the lack of talent we have at tight end right now. He might go play at Georgia State, actually. That'd be good. Yeah, and then come and beat us again. No, I'm joking. Bad joke, bad joke. Uh, the Tennessee Basket Vols open up with a 56-47 win against a solid Colorado team. Uh, there was a couple fans on Twitter complaining about the win. And I, I was like, I'd rather win by nine to a solid Colorado team than blow out some, like, Division three school by 40. Well, um, I just sound like Coach Pruitt. I took a sip of my drink, and then I was finishing the sip of my drink and said, well. Well. <laughs> but um, um, if, for me, what was I saying? I, I got lost with the, the Coach Pruitt thing. Oh, um. We we were supposed to play two weeks ago. Yeah. Didn't. Shut down the facility. Okay. They've played two games. Yeah. And won both. And then we come in. We haven't played once. Every year, our first game is garbage. Yeah. Um, For sure. Sometimes our first couple games. Now, we don't have the option to do that. We play Cincinnati on Saturday. Um, so, we got to... We got to get going, but um, that's not necessarily like, oh my God, panic mode. Like, yes. Like I said, I said during the game, like, I know this is a close game right now, but in like, as far as momentum goes, this is a blowout. Like it, if you look at it like fundamentally and and all that. I mean, we're turning the ball over and everything, but it's like we could turn the ball over 30 times. They can't score on us. Like yeah. we 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 this is this is our game. This is in our lap at this point. So Yeah. And really when it comes to basketball and Cole can agree with this, your offense can be hit or miss, but your defense is always there. Like if you're a good defensive team, you can go three for 30 from the three-point line, but it doesn't matter if you're still stopping them, like Josh said, every time down the court. So I don't expect us to ever have that bad of a shooting game. Like, I mean, we may have it early on, but moving forward, our offense well, is going to start clicking. We had a good shooting game. Really and truly, turnovers were the biggest thing. Yeah, and a lot um, of missed call- Like The refs were not very yeah, good that game. the refs were horrible. Like, bad. Like, there was a couple charges I was like – Victor Bailey That's was bad. very surprising. Um, Keon Johnson did a pretty good job. Um, I thought our freshman played a, like absurdly well. Springer was okay. I mean, he didn't do anything like that pops out, but I mean, he didn't make mistakes. And, yeah. And in your first game, like that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, and he had like two or three threes, and really, that's kind of what you are right now to us. Like next year, sure, you're, or even early on this year, you might be the star, but right now, it's the point guard is Vescovi. I mean, no question about it. Starting point guard right now is Santiago Vescovi, just because of his experience. Um, what he does with the basketball, and he's really a underrated defender, in my opinion. Really, every- I think Keon starts keep like starts starting. That's a weird way to say it. Yeah, but I think he he will start at some point, and I don't think we'll have him next year. That kid's good. Yeah. It, oh, you didn't even watch the game. I'm sorry, you were nah. at work. I apologize. 
Uh, I don't really know much about Tennessee basketball. Yeah. I don't really watch college basketball. Oh, no, you're good. I forgot you were at work. I, 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 I was like, we watched it together, and I was like, no, we didn't. I watched it with Josh in his basement. But uh, Ohio State-Michigan will not play due to COVID-19 on Michigan side. Uh, also, I didn't put it in the uh, – script but texas a&m and old miss will also not play this week because of covid so we don't get to see len kiffin beat up on jimbo fisher this week right that's unfortunate and we're gonna take a break and when we come back i'm gonna tell you how cincinnati can make the college football playoff we'll be back the down and dirty podcast is brought to you exclusively by hot takes tune in to our podcast at hot takes on spotify uh, Apple Podcasts, and many others, and find us on Twitter at Hot Takes 98 Check us out. All right, we are back with some more Down and Dirty, and I have a couple playoff scenarios for you fine people. This is if Florida and Clemson win their respective conference championships. So if Florida and Clemson win their championships, it would be number one Clemson, number two Florida, number three Notre Dame, and number four Bama. The only reason... I would not put Bama out, obviously. It's because they're they're undefeated right now. And they, they are the best team yeah. in the I mean in college football right now. Yeah, even um, if Florida would go and upset Alabama in like an offensive shootout, which we all know that game's gonna be an offensive shootout because both of their defense are uh better for terms booty. And if to, Clem- be, to be honest there, I don't think that Alabama falls that far. Yeah. Especially because I don't think the the playoff committee is going to want to see two SEC teams play again because yeah. they're going to play two count, two times consecutively. Um, I think that you probably see Bama maybe even in the two spot. What do you have? I had, Clemson one, Florida two. And then Bama four. So it would be Clemson, Bama. Okay, I thought you were saying that Florida maybe jumped all the way up to the top, which I obviously I don't think that's going to happen. No, uh, but I think if they're number four or five going into it, um, for, first of all, Ohio State fans, I apologize, but you're not in any of these. Yeah, you're not you're going, done. You're, you're not, not going. going to the college football playoff. I I apologize for that. Not really. Sorry, not sorry. You don't deserve to play for a national championship if you play five games in a season. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, uh, and I don't care who you played. I don't care if you played Alabama game one, Florida game two, Clemson game three, Notre Dame game four, and Texas A&M game five. I don't care if you played the top five in the country. Yeah. If you only played five games, you don't deserve to go to a national championship, and that's just how it works. Not a chance. And and, and on top of that, the schedule that you did play was garbage. Yeah, the only good team weak. that you played the entire time was Indiana. You definitely don't deserve to be there. Go home, sit down, play in the snow or something up there. Yeah, I don't give a damn. You're not going to the college football playoff. You don't get to go every year. Like we talk about on Hot Takes later this afternoon, um, you... you like they expect, and we saw Ryan Day bitch and complain about it this week. Yeah, because he wants them to just look look over the rule again. Maybe we could go to the maybe we could go to the Big Ten championship. Like I don't know what kind of privilege you guys think you have that you can just sit out and not play all year, and then all of a sudden you get to just go play championships without even playing a season. Yeah, that's horseshit. No way you're yeah. allowed. To if do you that. can't play. If you can't go to a bowl game without six wins, you shouldn't go to a, well, a they, title game. They yeah. changed that because of the way that the season goes, and I'm fine with them playing in a bowl game. Yeah, they're a good football yeah. team, and they deserve. They, I mean, they don't deserve to just lose 
lose their season like that. Yeah, but, but if you can't go to a bowl game because you don't have six wins, a the national season. championship's just out of the picture for them. Yeah. For me. No matter what season it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, even I understand that they played less games this year, and they were scheduled to play less games this year than normal. And what happened was people got COVID, and they just couldn't play that game. Like, I get it why they didn't have games, but that doesn't excuse the fact that, like, if you didn't play games, you can't go play for a national championship. We see Ohio State struggle down the line all the time, every year. They lost a couple of years ago to Purdue. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, they and got blew up. They lost the. Yeah. They didn't go to the college football playoff. So you have no idea what could potentially happen if they play a full season. Yeah. And that's. I mean. Yeah, they haven't really proved their talent yet. We we have a better idea of Coastal Carolina and how good they are than we do Ohio State because we've only watched them play four times. Exactly, and Ohio State, you guys can be mad, but it's. It's your fault. It's the Big Ten's fault. I got to be honest with you, as the presenting sponsor of this show, if you represent Ohio State or are an Ohio State fan, I don't really want you here anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, just, I don't agree with that. I'm just, I'm just being real with you. Your conference canceled half of your games. I'm pretty sure nobody on here is an Ohio State fan. Anyway. Yeah. If you yeah. are, hit us up. Maybe I'll like a yeah. Ohio State fan for the first At time. At me. Ever. At me. Uh. But, yeah, that would be my scenario if Florida and Clemson win their conferences. Now, this one is going to have three SEC teams in it. And it's and it's a very real possibility. Yes. Uh, if Florida and Notre Dame win their conferences, at one, you have to put Notre Dame because uh, Bama's going to slide down from number one because they lost. And, I mean, that would, mean, that would mean that Notre Dame just beat Clemson The only thing is, the only thing is maybe Florida could make that jump. Yeah. Um, I have them at two. Yeah. I mean, it's one or two, one or the yeah. other. But I only put Notre Dame at one because that would make them undefeated and Florida would still have that pesky loss against uh, A&M. And then Bama at three because I don't think you put A&M over Bama. Yeah, again, they're they're going to hate seeing two SEC teams, but I think in this scenario, that's the only real way you, yeah. real way you can do it. Exactly. Especially because Clemson's going to have two losses and A&M's going to have never, one loss. We've never seen anybody – have two losses and make it to the college football yeah, playoff. Yeah, exactly. So that would mean Notre Dame has zero losses. Florida has one, Bama has one, and A&M has one. To be completely honest with you, I think if Florida loses, I know we're probably going to go into that scenario yeah. in a minute, but I think if Florida loses, they're not out of it. They could, they have a chance to be the first two-loss team to get in. But if it's Notre Dame, I mean, come on, man. Losing, if you're Florida and you lose to Texas A&M and Alabama – those are two teams who either are or could be in the college football playoff. Right. Those are the, yeah, those you are can't the only really, two losses of the year. You really can't if really knock them. Yeah, if you lose to – if Clemson, if you lose to Notre Dame twice, that's proof that they, for one, are a better football team than you are. Yeah. And you don't deserve to be here. That's exactly why if any situation of Notre Dame winning, you can't put Clemson no, in there. No, they can't go. Because that's but, their only game that they've had like an actual competition. And that just makes it look like you just – you don't play anybody until you – until you do play somebody which and you lose. Brutal. Yeah, which you don't. But that, it comes back to bite you at yeah, some point. Yeah, eventually if you start losing the only big game you play in every year, you look stupid. Like that's why they had a problem. I mean, last year when Alabama was still a playoff team, their only loss was against LSU and everybody was like, who have you played besides – like the only team you've played, you lost. The only good team you've played, you lost. And they were like, okay, we'll, we'll put you in if you beat Auburn. And then they just couldn't beat Auburn. And that's why they were not in the playoff. Well, I mean, they're, they're – playing in the SEC and that's just a totally different yeah 
it's a totally different animal. Yeah, I a mean, bad SEC team like will be a about, good ACC we team about that, every night. We talked about that on our show. I mean, they it doesn't like every week. There's somebody that loses in the SEC that's not supposed to. Yeah, and that's why like like everybody needs to calm down when Tennessee loses games. I mean, not that not that like everybody being pissed off is not warranted, but like. If you lose a game in the SEC, it's an SEC game at least. Yeah. Now, losing to Vanderbilt's a totally different animal. Or losing to, you know, Arkansas, that's a different thing. Um, but, you know, losing to Kentucky, like, it's just, eh, it is what it is. Like, they're an SEC team. They, like, yeah. they beat us because they're good. Like, no other reason. Yeah. And, and all around the board, it's that way. And, uh, by the way, the team, the only team that Tennessee has blown out on the schedule is in the top 25. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I just want to say that. Uh, Missouri's a top 25 team now, if you don't Oof. think the SEC is still competitive. Uh, and then scenario and number... they're good, too. Yeah, yeah Missouri's a good decent. football 41 team. to nothing? Yeah. That's a, that's, I don't care who you are. If you if you score 41 points on somebody, you're good. And your pitch a shutout. Good, yeah. And, yeah. And your defense is good, too. Yeah, 41 to nothing. That Vanderbilt offense is pretty good. Yeah, their quarterback is awesome. I'm actually very worried about playing him this weekend. But, okay, so this is if Bama and Clemson win their conferences. I think Florida's out because now they're at two losses. Um, I think you have to keep Notre Dame in there because their only loss is the sec- their rematch against um, I think at this Clemson. point, Notre Dame and Alabama are in no matter what. Yeah, I don't see yeah. a situation where you take Notre Dame out. Even Unless, though, who else – does Notre Dame play any more games until the conference championship? Not meaningful. It's like the cupcakes. I, well, I'm, okay, but still, like, if they lose those games, then they're out. But yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Cole, look that up. Look up Notre Dame's schedule real quick. Okay, cool. Uh, So, the reason – okay, so let me go ahead and just say the scenario. Uh, This is Bama and Clemson winning their conference championships. I have uh, number one Bama. Obviously, you can't move Bama down at all if they still undefeated. Uh, Number two, Clemson. Number three, Texas A&M. And number four, Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson. Breaking news. Yeah, uh – Notre Dame does not play again until the ACC championship. Okay. All right. Um, Other than that, breaking news. What's up? The Big Ten is expected to change policy that teams must play six games to be eligible for the conference championship game. Okay. So So welcome back, Ohio State. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to say something still. I'm not going to put you in my playoff scenario. You still don't deserve to be there. Even if you do play six games and go win – seven games if you – Play six games, win all those, and then play the conference championship game and win that one. I don't care. Well, I say it every year. Even if uh, in a regular year, I would still take a one-loss SEC team over an undefeated Ohio State team every single day. Yeah. There is no reason. I would have even taken two-loss two Alabama I'd last take year. two-loss Florida over Ohio, over Ohio State. Ohio State yes, team because easily. Because they are more proven. Easily. And they have more wins. Yes. <laughs> Our, the ACC strength of schedule, if you look at it, like Tennessee is in top five. Alabama's top five when people say they're really not. I mean, the strength of schedule is just ridiculous well, in the SEC this year. This you year say is. those teams are top five. All of them are top 20. Yeah, yeah all of them. Especially Every, this year. Yeah. Especially this year. Yeah, because there's no there's – no There is no cupcake game. There's no Missouri State. There's no Texas State. There's no Albany. Like, you don't – we don't get those cupcake games. So, you have a team like Tennessee – who played at Georgia, came home and played a good Kentucky team, went on the road and played a pretty motivated Arkansas team. That's not played a, Alabama at home. Yeah. Played uh, Florida at home. At Auburn. Play Vanderbilt this week on the road, which, it's, I mean, shouldn't be a tough game, but 
I mean, kind of is like they're, yeah. They're 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 a tough team, and you know they're not they're not good, but they're tough. Yeah. And then you have, um, you have Texas A and M after that. Before that, you open the season with South Carolina, who has shown to be chippy. They beat Auburn earlier in the year, and at the beginning of the year, South Carolina and Auburn was ended up, ended up beating LSU by like fifty. So yeah, that's a good Auburn team. Yeah, and South Carolina at the beginning of the year was a dark horse SEC East. Like it was yeah, us. They had just as yeah. good of a chance as we did. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, we didn't know what South Carolina had. Colin Hill was the transfer quarterback. He's really good. Uh, they have the leading rusher in the SEC, that Harris kid. I think it's Kayvon Harris or I whatever his know. name is. I don't know. But, yeah, Ohio State, you're not in my playoff. That, that doesn't change anything for me. You're no. still out. You've only – even may change it for the committee, but not us. So yeah. I, I, and I the think committee – anybody with a brain should understand the fact that Ohio State does not deserve to be in this, even if you're an Ohio State fan, and I hate that for you, and that's yeah. tough because, obviously, everybody's goal when they play college football is for a national championship. But – and at the start of the year, it irked the crap out of me when they put Justin Fields in the top four of the Heisman voting after two games. You cannot play two games. And everybody else had already played four. Yeah, like, and then the stat, it was like, why are the stats so different? Yeah, because he he's, he's played two games. Two games. <laughs> he has played two games. His completion rate should be better yeah. than Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, uh, who else is in the uh, race uh, the BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. There's a four. And on top of all that, he's playing. Lawrence. He's Trevor not Lawrence. playing. Yeah. He's not playing as good of competition as those guys are. Except yeah. for maybe, maybe Zach Wilson and him kind of compare. I yeah. mean, Zach Wilson's schedule is probably not even as hard as um, Ohio State's, but Zach Wilson has a better chance, in my opinion, if you go back to Week One. Uh, yeah. Of of winning a Heisman than than Justin Fields. And when I think about Heisman, I, I was talking to Cole about this the other day. When I think about Heisman, I think the Heisman is really the MVP. Who like who is the most valuable player to their team and the most skilled Who's player the most in the relied on, yes. on their team? Technically Trask. not. No, well, That's just how I look at it. Right, but it's technically not that. But it's really like I know it's an assortment had, of a lot of things like Well it's it's like who just who had the best season? Not necessarily the MVP, because I don't think if it's the MVP, I would say that Kyle Pitts has a better chance than Kyle Trask because he's been the reason that Kyle Trask has been so successful. But it's like he's never missed a beat. Yeah. Um, it's the I'm trying to think of what the actual like the MVP is. Um, like what they go off of. No, what the actual like the MVP award, like the it's, best player in college football. Yeah, it's the um. God, I can't think of it. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll look it up in a minute. But anyway, but just who like who never misses? Like that's basically who the Heisman is, which is a little different than the MVP, but not really. Typically, the guy who wins this award also wins the MVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my my if you're asking me in my Heisman. Right now, it has to be Trevor Lawrence because we looked at what Clemson looked like without Trevor Lawrence. They struggled against Boston College. Boston College gave them everything they wanted in the kitchen sink. They threw everything at Clemson, and Clemson did not respond well without Trevor Lawrence. And the they, Maxwell Award, that's it. Yeah, and then they lost to Notre Dame. And then Notre, and then Clem, uh, Trevor Lawrence comes back, and Clemson's right back in it. Like they're fine now, just because. Like that's just how what Trevor Lawrence does. You, I mean, you can say everything you want about his talent, but there's something to be said about when you have your quarterback. And, I mean, Josh Josh really said it best when we were talking about our quarterback issues at Tennessee. 
and Steve Spurrier said, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Clemson has their quarterback, and that's why they're so successful on offense because you're le- like every offense in the history of America has like every successful offense has one quarterback that plays. You don't see a lot of double quarterback action unless except it's like for, a trick play or for something. In fact, that that the, uh, Florida team that Steve Spurrier said, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, they were successful with two. <laughs> yeah, but I that's mean, really the only time ever. Yeah, yeah. and then us last year. That's, yeah, that's, that's the really only it. time ever. And the only reason it was us last year is because there's something in JG's head that when he sees the first drive of the game from the sideline, he's just so much better, and I, I don't get it. Yeah, I can definitely see you putting Trevor Lawrence as a Heisman winner, but I could also see Kyle Trask too. I think he's a more. I, I don't like, think anybody but Kyle Trask has a chance at this point. I don't. I think as far as like how the country's going to vote, Mac Jones. But come on, I just don't. I mean, Mac Jones has a lot of weapons on the outside. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm. I like Mac Jones. He has Devontae yeah. Smith. He has Waddle. But I think of Mac Jones as more of a game manager than like a guy. Like Kyle Trask, like Kyle Trask just executes, yeah, uh, like everything. And Mac Jones really doesn't have to. Like Mac Jones could go out there and throw an incompletion on the first six plays of the game, and their team's still going to win. And we just called it like, well, I guess that's more of an argument for the Maxwell if we're saying like MVP. But I mean, technically, yeah, kind of the MVP. They're technically the same thing. Yeah, and I think if you look at like look at it as an MVP type of thing, then I don't know how you don't give it to Trask. Uh, Dark Horse would be Pitts, but I I don't think he's got a chance either. Yeah, because Trask, like his run game is just non-existent. I think he had 19 rushing yards. It's because he doesn't have to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But if they was to shut down the passing offense, could they rely on their running back? No, and that's why I think That's why I think he should deserve it because he has to – Right, yeah, okay. He has to – Lead the offense. If you just threw Kyle Trask out on the sideline and threw your backup in, they would be probably a totally different team. Yeah. Because you can't run the ball. So if you stick seven. Actually, their best runner is their backup quarterback. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Emory, jo- Emory Jones is their running back. Like, oh, God. When they want to run the ball out, it's not Trask on the field. Emory it's in. Emory Jones running the read option, and he never hands it off. It, it is him almost every it's single really time. It's really not even a read option. It's normally a quarterback power. Yeah. Run it forward. Yeah, like they, yeah. that's how they run the clock out. But as far as Kyle Trask goes, and we and I was really on board with like okay with giving Kyle Trask the um, what's the Heisman until I watched him against us, like watching him live. The system he has laid out for him makes him what he is. Yeah, I, I heard, I still heard a lot of people talking about how good Kyle Trask was after our game, and I'm like, what game did you guys watch? Because that man is like, he's not that good, like talent wise. I mean, yeah. he still deserves it. I still think 100 yeah. percent he deserves a Heisman, and I think he'll 100 percent win it. Yeah, but it's not necessarily that he's that good. He has weapons. Out the ass, yeah. Like Kadarius Tony. Um, so basically, you saying the wide Kyle receivers Pitts. make him look no, good. and his it's sis- not. It's the system. Yeah. yeah, it's just an easy system with really good receivers. So yeah, you have an easy system where it's. I mean, if you if you don't have like a seventy five percent completion percentage and three touchdowns at the end of the game, then you suck. Yeah, like, like you, you'd have to be terrible. It's your fault, 
what what he's been is adequate. He's thrown for five touchdowns every game with receivers that I could probably throw two touchdowns to. Yeah. <laughs> like in the system, it like it, it really is just a, it's a simple yeah. system and if you have a simple system then I don't know why you couldn't be good. Yeah, and it it obviously Joe Burrow is one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. So I don't want to compare Kyle Trask to Joe Burrow cuz Joe Burrow's not even like Kyle Trask isn't couldn't even hold Joe Burrow's jock strap. Yeah, I wish they but, would stop that. Yeah. Joe Burrow had probably the best season that anybody's ever had. And ever going to have. ever will have. Yeah, like, it's I it's going to be a long time. If somebody comes out here and does something di- – but, like, look at the look at the schedule they played. Yeah. Look at – I mean, God almighty, the teams they played last year were amazing. They were – Texas t- yeah. A&M was good. They stuck with Clemson, okay? that So they played them. They played Alabama, and he did not skip a beat. They played Texas when Texas was still good because it was in the first four weeks of the season, which means that Texas is back at that point. They played them. They played Florida, who was good last year. They played um, Oklahoma, in which Oklahoma's defense is not good, but they stuck with them. They played Georgia. He beat the dog shit, no pun intended, out of them. He played Clemson, made them look silly. Yeah. And... Got and, the second most Heisman votes of all time. Yeah, and their offense did not struggle at all in any of those games other than Auburn. Auburn was the only game where you saw – I mean, you can't even say Joe Burrow struggled. Like, it was just a bad game, and you're going to have that every like once every year. Even with the best offenses, you're going to have a bad game because that's just what offense is. Like, some but things just aren't going to click. But was a good game. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was about to say, like, his, his bad game – Tennessee fans would kill for that like stat like, oh, yeah. like that stat line we would have died for in his bad game of the year. And like literally died. Yeah. Like if like I would I would I would take that if they if somebody says, All right, you have JG go out there and throw for four hundred yards and three touchdowns, but you have to die afterward. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do I sign? It is what it is. Where do I sign? But so and you can say Joe Burrow had a good system and he did but he was making plays. But it's a talent. Thing. Yeah, like I mean, he like, was. It was. He's, it wasn't like, him snapping the ball, sitting in the pocket, and throwing a three-yard slant, and then Jefferson taking it off. Like, yeah, that happens sometimes. Here's the difference. Kyle Trask takes a snap, throws a slant. Guy runs for seventy yards. Okay, which is still elite, and he can throw the deep ball every once in a while if he needs to. Yeah, he just makes good throws. He doesn't make mistakes. That's okay. But Joe Burrow playing against Georgia. Runs all the way to the far to the near sideline, then runs all the way to the far sideline. Then drops a then bomb. Then throws a seventy-yard dot. That's your husband. Yeah, and Kyle Trask. <laughs> Nobody else had a chance at that point. That's why I think it's up in the air. Kyle Trask has not had a Heisman moment yet. Joe Burrow had like six that year, and but, Trask uh, but, hasn't had one. But in his defense, no one else has either. No, that's that's nothing yeah. I was going to. I was about to follow it up, but really nobody has. So you you have to look at statistics. When you look Trevor at, Lawrence has been good, but hasn't had yeah. a Heisman moment. Now, if he beats Matt Clemson... Jones ha- Matt Jones has been good, hasn't had a Heisman moment. Ian Book... I think Ian Book's kind of like... Everybody's always talked about how good he is, and now this year he comes out and beats Clemson, might even beat him a second time, and he's not even being talked about. Yeah. yeah. The only person that I would say that you could argue has had a Heisman moment just in the way that it's defined is Zach Wilson. He's not going to win it either, so... yeah. 
But I think maybe if Trevor Lawrence, you know, has a big 15-yard run when Clemson needs it against Notre Dame in the ACC championship, then I think the votes could start shifting because, you know, that's a big Heisman moment. You, that's what Joe Burrow did against Alabama, and then he did it. I mean, that that play Josh was talking about against Georgia was z- stupid. Like, that's, that's not probable. Nobody can do that, for one, and two, like, nobody did anything anywhere near that. Yeah. And – also, I think I think that the Heisman Trophy was uh, the race for the Heisman Trophy last year was over after the Texas game for LSU. Yeah, uh, yeah. like nobody even had a shot no. after that because of the way that he led. That was the worst game that they played on defense probably in the Ed O era until this year. Like they they just kept giving it up, kept yeah. giving it up, kept giving it up, and Joe Barrow was like. Still here. Like, I don't, I don't I'll know do what it. Guys, I'll do it like, myself. I don't know what you guys thought was going on, but I'm going to throw for five touchdowns, run for one, and I'm also going to have 500 yards at the end of the day. And back yeah. to what Josh said, Florida, it's their system, really. And I watched some of the Florida-Tennessee game. Like so, He throws so, like quite a bit of inaccurate balls compared to Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, which Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones does throw inaccurate balls, but I see it more fre- frequent. Yeah, and Kyle Trask. And if we were just going off talent, I think that it would be Trevor Lawrence all day. Yeah, I don't think I, here's gonna here's something that's gonna suck like for him. Um, Kyle Trask is just another Tim Tebow. He's gonna be great in college. The system he fits in it great. He's gonna win the Heisman Trophy. They've got a chance to go win a ch- national championship, and then he's gonna get drafted in the sixth round, play for maybe four years in the NFL, and then and we're gonna see him on SEC Nation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. that that, that is going exactly. to happen. I can totally see that future. Like when I'm graduating college, I fully plan to turn on SEC Nation and see Kyle Trask. Kyle beautiful. Trask, Tim Tebow, yeah. and Roman Harper. Yeah, they're just going to oh, get man. Florida players. Uh, all right, my last playoff scenario. I teased at it before the break. This is if Bama and Notre Dame wins their conference. So I have Bama at one, Notre Dame at two, uh, Texas A&M at three, and then Cincinnati at four. Cincinnati's not been talked about just because they're Cincinnati and they don't have any national attention. They don't play a lot of people. But if you, I watched one of their games and they don't have a hole. Their team does not have a hole where you're like, okay, they need to improve that really bad. They defend really well. Their offense is as fluent as I've seen in the country. So I don't know how you could, I mean, a two, like Josh said, I can totally understand a two-loss Florida team putting in there. But Cincinnati's not lost a game. And everybody wants to talk about conference equality because they're like, oh, if, if they're in the SEC, that you, yeah, because we're the SEC. But you can't put uh, zero law, undefeated Alabama, one lost Texas A&M, and then two lost Florida in there because then that looks like you're just like – Oh, we like right the, SEC. the SEC. Yeah, like th- that just looks obvious. So that's why I could see a total situation. But well, it, it is, to be fair there, that is earned, though. Yeah, I mean, we've earned our respect. Don't act like it was given. Well, and they've earned that spot. Yeah. Um, I think over a number 8, 6-0 uh, and oh Cincinnati team, they've earned their spot. Yeah. I mean, not that Cincinnati, I don't think they, like, that I don't think that they should deserve it or whatever, but. Um, I thought they were number just, 7. I mean, I don't know what they are, the college football playoff. I assume this was the college football playoff. I just looked it up. They're number, number eight. Who's number seven? Uh, Notre Dame, Iowa State. See, I don't like Ohio State. They lost to Nevada in the mm-hmm. opener. Like, you can't have a loss like that and make the college football playoff. They also beat Oklahoma. 
Yeah. And yeah, Oklahoma they have like, struggles. They have two losses. Oklahoma's Oklahoma, on the struggle. Kansas State, who also beat Oklahoma. That comes down to my reasoning. I'm not going to put a two-loss Big 12 team, definitely not, over an undefeated Cincinnati They're team. They're one-loss team. They lost to Nevada and, and somebody else. This says... Oklahoma State. Who has Cincinnati played, by the way? Oh, these are conference records. Um... I'm not sure. You're not sure. They're you know if there's any like tough games in there. Uh, they played SMU when SMU was in the top ten and beat and sm- like I think they smoked them. Mm-hmm. And SMU is a Cincinnati. good program. Yeah. Um, they also played one of the most complete games of the year against Central Florida. That was a really good game. Uh, they beat number twenty-two Army twenty-four to ten earlier in the year. That defense um, is legit for Cincinnati. They beat number sixteen SMU forty-two to thirteen. Yeah, they that, beat Memphis forty-nine to ten. They beat Central Florida thirty-six to thirty-three. Here's the problem, though: their last two games of the season were canceled, and they have not played since the Central Florida game, which was on my birthday. No, it was after that. I thought that was on my birthday, but anyway, um, they haven't played since November twenty-first and will not play again. That's why That's why a lot of things need to happen for them to happen, but I think it can happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, Clint, who's ahead of them? I See, mean, for one, so like you said, Indi- Iowa State is not going to go over them. Um, Ohio State, probably not going to go, so that's two spots, so they're up to six. Um, Florida has to lose. Tennessee has to beat A&M, probably. No, A&M's in three in this scenario. No, I know, but... Um, Clemson's going to have to lose yep. to Notre Dame again. Alabama's going to have to beat Florida. Yep. It would be – It would be tough. It would be very helpful to them. We'll just put it that way. It would be very helpful to them if Tennessee beats A&M. Yeah. And other than that, it's going to be pretty tough. Because then they can still slide Ohio State in at three and then them at four. Because this is what I think should happen. This is not what I think will happen because of the Ohio State – obsession from the college football playoff okay we're gonna move on to the tennessee vandy game and then we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna pick them but uh tennessee versus vanderbilt uh four o'clock on sec network brent samaglia has opted out of the season uh so paxton brooks will now be taking over punting and kicking duties which uh by the way paxton brooks is coming off his best game against florida he had a hell of a game against florida um I just it's I know that we love our kicker. Yeah. But it is extremely bizarre to me that we just don't have another one. Yeah, I know. The fact that we don't have a backup kicker is also very weird. I mean JT Carver We have okay, so Luke Lynn is on the roster here, number thirty one from Southwell High School. Uh he is a sophomore. Uh Paxton Brooks. Damn, we actually have four kickers. Didn't know that. Yep. Well, pr- know that. Cornbread wants to play our punter. So. Here's what I have to say about that. Fuck it. What we, I don't think we're going to have to take any field goals against Vanderbilt. Go for two. Yeah, every play. Every time, go for two. Yep. Never punt. Go for it on fourth. Well, no, we can punt. <laughs> I'm just he's with our y'all. punter. No, yeah, we can punt. He's the punter, but he's not used to kicking field goals. Yeah, yeah. I just heard Paul he's say that he's... He's had maybe one one week of kicking field goals this week. That's yeah. it, probably. More, more power to him. 
I just remember Paul saying he struggled at punting it a couple games throughout the year. A couple games, my ass. Every it game. Like every, game. Yeah. <laughs> every game until this. It was uh, South Carolina, Missouri, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Georgia, well, not Vanderbilt, Georgia, Kentucky, uh, Auburn. Yeah, just basically every game except for Florida. Like, <laughs> That's why I was When we said he had his best it. game of the season, that was because the other games were like, it was like comparing like mash, mashed potatoes to other Thanksgiving sides. It's, no, it's like, very easy to do. What literally happened was. You, like, every other game of the season has been a peanut butter sandwich. But his Florida game was lobster. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was he doing? Just shanking every punt? Yes. Is, it was How either, do you shank every punt? It was either punt? that or, or he just, was like... It was like line drives that went about 30 yards. Or he was just I can like do that. It was like he was purposely I can do that. It was like he was purposely kicking it in the end zone. Like he wasn't even trying to get him to like get pinned back. My ass, he never made it to the damn end zone. No, I mean on his short punts when he was like trying to pin them back and we'd punt on like the fifty or the forty. Not a single anyway, point punt being, inside the twenty. Point being, he's been one of the worst punters I've ever seen all year long, and in the Florida game was amazing. Yeah, lights out. But Trevor Daniel esque. I'm extremely happy that we have something figured out at quarterback now, moving forward. I'm so glad Cornbread was like, hey, we're going to play Bailey and Shroud. Will you please call him by his name? No. You're fired then. Okay, that's fine. Oh, this is actually <laughs> going to be the series finale of Down <laughs> uh, But no, uh, I'm glad Jeremy Pruitt Thank you. has given us something at quarterback. I'm, I mean, I know you, I, I hate him in the media. I mean, Josh likes it because, you know, it's kind of like – he, not necessarily that I like it. It's just that you're not getting anything different from anybody else. All that's going on except for is Lane he's Kiffin. going in there. Ask me a question. How was your day? Well, if you look at it from a standpoint of, you know, what I've done, not much. I woke up this morning, and uh, now I'm down here doing the podcast. Did I answer your question? No. Okay. You just That's told me what, what you get from literally every coach in America. The way Besides I, I've read Kiffin. this is the same way that Nick Saban handled the Tua and Hurts situation. Absolutely, and, and it's I the figured, same way that everybody. It's the same way that everybody does everything. He's yeah. got he's got a lot of Nick Saban sprinkled in there. Oh yeah, but I, I can definitely but, see that. I mean, that's just because he's been with Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, his entire professional career, basically. That just yeah. happens. Like, you pick up on people's mannerisms when you're around them. Paul does shit that I do all the damn time. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it's extremely frustrating when he you're losing. He called everybody here on here folks a minute ago. Me. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. I get on there. What's up, folks? Every time. It'd be like that. That's just how, that's just how it goes. We're around each other a lot. We pick up on each other's manner, mannerisms, say the same things. He was around saving a lot. Picked up on his mannerisms, said the same things. But on top of that, that's just how everybody handles media. And I feel like most of that's from Nick Saban because I don't feel like it used to be that way. Yeah. But everybody saw how Nick Saban handled the media and really didn't get, like, bullied for any more answers because of it. And everybody was like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> if he can we do it, I can. We can just be an asshole. Yeah. And nobody's going to ask us any more questions. We'll just do that. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. but And Pruitt never says anything... I mean, he says stupid shit like, well, we practiced well. Yeah, no, no shit. The rest yeah. of your team's terrible. That's what, what I, that's what I was like. I really want to go watch our practices because that, that but, must be where it's at. So, yeah, he says that, and that's the only real bullshit that you can put on him because everything else, like, like he doesn't say stuff like Butch Jones. He's never once called us champions of life. Yeah, thank God. That was the dumbest never shit said, I ever heard in my life. He's never said, you know, when we get knocked out of an SEC championship – 
Well, I mean, you know, what we really are is the, we, we're going for a different championship this year, and that's a championship of life. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a crappy answer. We didn't answer. get that from Jeremy Pruitt, so I'll stick with that. So, technically, if you want to look at it that way, then, yeah, I guess I like Jer- the way that Jeremy Pruitt talks to the media. But, like, I don't like his interviews. I don't like his answers. It's just that we don't get anything different from anybody else. It's just up to par. Yeah. And, Cole, you brought up that's how Saban ha- handled Tua and Jalen Hurts. The problem is Jalen Hurts wasn't throwing three pick sixes well, he's within not, the span of three are games. Are talking about the quarterback situation or just everything? Just just I like, would say everything. Yeah. Every, just, yeah. I'm not saying – He handles everything the way that Saban handled that situation. Which yeah. Which is not Saban necessarily didn't a really good play thing. Yeah. Hurts at all. Like, he, he come in for the draw plays. Well, like Tua and everybody wanted Tua. Yeah. What, he put Hertz in to do your draw prolific, uh, your like mobile, because Hertz can take a hit better than Tua can. Yeah. And I think that's what he's doing with Brian Maurer. And Brian Maurer's like more <coughs> athletic, I think, in my opinion. So he's more like of a draw play, uh, read option. Oh, yeah. RPO. No question. Brian Maurer's the most athletic quarterback on our roster that we yeah, have. Well, he can go be somebody else's most athletic. Oh, quarterback. yeah. That, that reminds me. I'm. I'm media, so I'm not going to give my uh, words to Brian Maurer, but did you see his tweet to us? He uh, basically so, yeah. told the fan base to he F told, off. Yeah, he told the fan base to fuck off yeah. because uh, this is not our team. This is their team. We don't work – We, we don't, don't practice. We don't put blood, don't sweat, and tears our, into the program. Hey, I don't know about everybody else, but I've cried over Tennessee football. Yeah. I have bled because I fucking got so drunk that I fell all over shit and fucking cut myself open. I have bled. Yeah. And I have sweat like a motherfucker sitting out there in fucking August. Watching I, us lose to Georgia State. Yeah. yeah. Your fucking program. And money. Fucking program. And money. You're getting benefits to go here. I'm get, I'm getting depression. Like I'm paying part of your scholarship. Yeah. You, oh, it makes me so mad. So, like, Yeah. We said that, we're not going to give our opinion, but that, here we are. Well, that on top of his typical his typical attitude and the fact that he doesn't even play because he's not good enough to play yeah. because he can't practice right, which sounds like Jeremy Pruitt, but at the same time, like what it really is is he can't line up the damn offense. If you can't yeah. line up the damn offense, go play somewhere where you understand the, the simple playbook. Go play for Lane Kiffin for all I care. Yeah. That's a simple playbook. Go play for him. Hell, go beat us at Florida. I'd rather lose to you at Florida than you be like that on my team. I, 100%. Yeah, and, Get out of here. And, like, I do not want you here anymore. Like, stars can be moody. Trevor Lawrence could be moody if he wanted to. I, you are the third baby. or fourth string on the team. Eric Gray can come out here and bitch at us all he wants to. Yeah. You are a third-string quarterback who shouldn't have a chance to come in and play at yeah. all the whole entire rest of the season. And you're Get, third. It's not like you're a third string to Trevor. You're a third string to a fifth year senior who we all hate, and we wanted and you. you. We and wanted you, you to be get better. Your shit in line enough to go out there and play. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about blood. Don't give me blood, sweat, and tears because you yeah. haven't given that to my program for sure. I promise you. Yeah. Like give if us you wins. Gave, if you first gave of me all. just the one, just sweat. If you just gave me sweat, you'd probably be starting. So I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Because I mean, you're the possibly the worst quarterback on our worst position on our football team. I mean, I don't care if you're the third, fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth. I yeah. mean, you have like, and like you you said, we're the probably one of the worst in the SEC record wise. Probably not talent. Yeah, but 
you should try to give blood, sweat, and tears no matter what. I mean, you're getting that's what a you're scholarship. But, but yeah, that's why they brought you off. here. It just pisses me give off that effort. he wants to say he's given. He, we haven't given blood, sweat, and tears. You're at your happy ass hatting either. The only thing that you've given anybody is a whole bunch of damn drama. Yeah, and I don't need that bullshit. And I said, I said this yesterday to you. Tennessee football is not going to end when you leave, and it, it 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 existed before you were born, before you got here. So we've paid a lot more money and attention and heart to this program. And it's not like he was and a life. Ever will. It's not like he's a lifelong fan. You're from Florida, bro. Like you were probably a Florida Gator fan growing up, or a Seminole fan growing up. Like you weren't a. You weren't like. Like go play football. Yeah, honestly, like, who do you think you are, you moody little prick? Like, like, you won us zero games. You created some spark your freshman year, but I mean, dude. And you have you really have th- you have. Made people think you were transferring more times than you have played in a game. Wasn't he yeah. the one that uh, tweeted Those, about transfer? Which yeah. time? Yeah, yes. like he does it like, like every recently. First of all, my first yes, question every is, every other yes, week he does time? it. My first question is which time, and my sec my answer. So my first statement is which time, which is a question. My second statement, which is the answer, is every week. Yeah, like he he'll uh, literally say something like, and also yes, like. <laughs> I he said he said something like, "Man, that's cold. I can't believe they did him like that." And he, I, I think I he was talking about, about JG. I don't care about that. Like I, I understand that. I get it because he's been he's been a good teammate to JG the entire time, just like JG's been a good teammate to him. I don't have a single problem with them being good teammates, even if their teammate sucks. Yeah, they're I, still being good teammates. I get that. The, I'm fine with that. But then everybody, like people, are gonna comment at you, like, "Dude, you're in the spotlight. Exactly. You're an athlete." There's no reason, even if it were me and I'm saying some dumb shit, there's no reason for you to stoop to my level and act like we're on the same level with each other and you're just going to talk shit to me. Like, there's no reason for that at all. Yeah, and then, like, we're on a six-game losing streak by double digits. Like, it's not like we're getting heartbroken. Like, we're getting blown out. And this is his time to actually shine. Like, like hey. He, that's what me and John, like, you can be mad at JG for sucking but you should be more mad at Brian Maurer and JT Shrout and Harrison Bailey for not – I mean, you can't be mad at Harrison Bailey. It's not his fault. But why are – why is Shrout and Maurer – why weren't they ready sooner if, like like, – because JG was the best quarterback on our roster for weeks one through six. Should we have played Bailey more? Yeah, for sure. Should we have probably had a better quarterback? Yeah, for sure. We couldn't get Hanks King. We couldn't get anybody we wanted in the transfer portal. Shrout and Mauer did not do anything that Pruitt saw for him to be like, I'll need to make a switch at quarterback. So, yeah, Jarrett Garantana was our best bet for weeks one through six because we didn't manage the quarterback situation well. And I've said it a million times, like, you can be mad at Jeremy Pruitt for not playing the right guy all year in our eyes. That's fine. You can say that if you want to. Yeah. Uh, speaking to the fans here, like, if that's how you feel, like, fine. But be mad at Brian Mauer. Be mad at JT Shroud. I think after this game, after the Florida game, we should be super mad at JT Shroud. Yeah. He just showed Where us was how much, this? He showed us how much talent he had. I promise you if he would have practiced like that, not to sound like Pruitt again, but if he would have practiced like that, he would have played. Would he not? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't. But Honestly, is he practicing like that and – He's just doing like the little things that Jeremy Pruitt doesn't like. Listen, Cole. Like if he miss uh, lines up someone, doesn't motion someone. If through, he wasn't practicing like that, then there's a problem. He should have been. I mean, I'm I just, it's an if you know. Here's I my mean, thing: if he's played like that all year, I mean that game, then here's my thing: it, it's in there, you know. Yeah. Like you just don't show up to practice and go. 
Well, I'm JT Shroud. I'm going to well, do whatever I want. Well, couldn't have shown up in start. that game against a top SEC opponent and just showed up and been like, all right, boys, call me Joe Burrow because that's what the hell I'm about to do. And just zipping it everywhere, making great throws. He's throwing 10-yard outs, and it's on the money, which is probably yeah. the hardest throw in college football um, to throw outside like that, especially against a team that's as fast as Florida. Yeah. They're just going to jump right in front of that and take it if you don't if you just lob it out there. Yeah. Ask JG. But, Facts. dude, I, I don't know. I mean, here's, here's my, here's my I know thing. that we feel like he's, like, Pruitt's just not going to change anything, not going to take guys out, not going to make moves. What happened last year? We were fucking winning, and he was taking JG out for not playing right. Yeah, and here's my thing. We're going to go to Vanderbilt, and this whole year we've only traveled with three quarterbacks other than the South Carolina game. I remember seeing all four there. Why? Like, I don't understand. I feel Is like there a COVID be, thing? I feel like it has to be a COVID guideline that we just don't know about. Like I, That just doesn't make sense. Not necessarily if they're only allowed to take three quarterbacks. But maybe a certain number of players. Well, I, yeah, I feel like there's a certain number of players, and they don't feel like they need to take every single one of them. And if if he doesn't take JG to this one, then it's been even, other than Harrison Bailey. Yeah. But everybody has not traveled for one game except for Harrison, which also doesn't make sense. I don't think JG should go in general. I feel like Tennessee has the athletes outside. Well, I feel like if we're not going to take somebody, that's who's not going to go. Yeah. See, after his comments. I don't think Brian Maurer should even be allowed in, in the in the University of Tennessee anymore. Hell, I just take two. I would no take JG. JG's a great locker room I'd guy. Have, I'd rather have JG than Brian Maurer. Yes, if if he's I'll, not going to play. If we're talking about playing, if we're talking about playing next year, I'd rather have JG than Brian Maurer. I'm sorry, I don't I don't want Brian Maurer anymore. Uh, I, I don't want. I, don't want him. I mean, I don't want JG or Brian Maurer. But yeah, Me if either, I'm if I'm picking I'm one, picking. yeah, I'm picking JG just because. I mean. Three weeks ago, I was arguing for Brian Maurer to start, and, and, and now Brian, I don't even want him on my team. And, Brian, if for some reason you got bored and listened to this, you're an idiot. This is yeah. your fault, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot for us to be this way. Yeah, because we, lo- we love We love We love the University of Tennessee, and, and we, we love, love you. And you Up did until some this dumb point. Shit. You did yeah. some dumb shit, and that's on you. That's stupid. That's a very ignorant thing. Um, switching over to the side of the ball that we actually know that we have good players and a good future on. Uh, defensively. This has the opportunity for us to play our best game. No question, Vanderbilt loves turning the ball over, and we need we need that spark. Like we need to go finish the season strong. Um, well, I think if you look at it offensively, I mean, I don't know if this is how it's going to go or not. Is Sarah Fuller playing? Uh, I think so. Yeah. If she's kicking off for for them, we're going to have good offensive field position every drive. Yeah. Because that's the, just the kick that they use. Not like nothing against her. It's just that's just what they did. They just Squibbed kicked it. that little squib yeah. kick on the second row of the the return team. We're gonna have good field position every drive. Finally, we're gonna see some kick returns. Yeah. If some if she kicks that kick and somebody fair catches, I'm gonna lose. My I'm fighting shit. everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna lose my shit. It's hands on deck. Um, but yeah, I mean, to this point, she only kicked once, but the one kick that she had was just a little squib kick to the right side. We're gonna have good offensive field position. Our offense is gonna have a really good shot to play well too, and that's I think if that's what's happening, like if Sarah's playing, you gotta play Harrison Bailey, even if even if they only kick off once, um, and we only get the ball once. Like at least on that drive, Harrison Bailey's got to be in. Yeah, you're getting the ball at at least the 35 yard line, if not further. 
and you're going to be able to just move that a yeah. lot easier. Whereas every other time he started at the 25 or less. Yeah, I got this wrote down in my notes. I was like, first Tennessee should, and if they don't dominate the trenches, there's something wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, therefore, Chandler and Gray should have a excellent, excellent day on the ground. Not Chandler. Well, he yeah. hate, he hates Todd oh. Chandler. I no, 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 not at all. I love Todd Chandler. He's just played like dog shit for too long for me, personally. So, with Chandler and Gray having an excellent day on the ground. And I want to see Jabari Small. We yeah. could see him too, yeah. I want to see our freshman. And then... That leads to pass opportunities. Not that you don't without them, but oh, and then uh, not like that you don't have better pass opportunities. It's just that it opens up more stuff for Harrison Bailey. Yeah, you know if if they're running the ball down your throat, you're gonna pack the box. So and then we're gonna keep running the ball because and if we don't. Andy packs the box against us, they can't cover us. In general. Yeah, you have too many but athletes. If they, packs the, if they pack the box against us, and we're gonna throw Hail Marys might as well yeah I mean if they pack the box load the box up Jones is that his name the transfer from USC Velas Jones yeah. Velas Jones yeah should Bayless, have a yes he Bayless. should have a tremendous day tremendous day along with other wide receivers see we say that but then like like we would think that as fans but our play calling doesn't say that we don't run deep passing plays. We don't take shots as often as we need to. Our offense is so one-dimensional until we're down 20 in the fourth quarter, and then we look like we have the best passing game but in the I country. Feel like, I feel like that's just like – that was by necessity at first, and now we're just into it like we're in a funk in our heads that yeah. it's like, well, can't do anything but run the ball, and we have to. And I don't think that's the offensive scheme at all. Because you watch the South Carolina game and you watch the the uh, Missouri game, and that was not the plan. No. But what happened was, the Kentucky game we couldn't throw the football. Even the Georgia game, JG could throw against Georgia. Okay. Then we play against. Then later in the Georgia game and into the Kentucky game, we couldn't throw the ball, so we were forced to run the ball. And then the whole rest of the season until the Arkansas game. That was necessity. We had to run the ball. Yeah. Well, now we get to a point that it's just like it's running the same things, not realizing, oh, wait, 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 wait. We could throw the ball again. I forgot. And it's just kind of just not, okay, this this draw play works for five yards about every time. This zone play runs for about 70 yards every time. Why not just keep running these? Well, you just forget. like, And we don't really have anything else to to run because I just feel like we're just kind of out of it. Like we just lost our – we lost what we were thinking of what we wanted everything to be. Yeah, and I, I have a comment here that uh, says, no question, if Pruitt loses, he's out. I would, like, love for Pruitt to get fired after Saturday. Like, I don't want us to lose by any chance, but if we're going to lose, I think now is the time. I think we need to get I, – I, I, Do you want to lose Caden Salter? No, I don't think – Caden Salter's not going to go anywhere. I don't. I mean, we we disagree on that, which is fine. I'm not going to change but, my opinion. Like and you're I not going to change yours. Like I said yesterday, if Coach Pruitt's here at Tennessee, yeah, which he's committed to one or the other, and kids normally are committing to their coaches at this point, especially with the fact that they haven't had the opportunity to be on campus. I yeah. know Caden has, but most kids haven't. Okay, you've got 
uh, Terrence Lewis, Dylan Brooks, and Caden Salter. Now, the common denominator there, like we have both of those things. You take out one of those things, and maybe they are committed to Tennessee, but okay, you take out their coach. Now, what are you going to do? Like, what if they leave? Well, like, do you want that to happen? Well, I know that he said, I'm signing at Tennessee on December 16th. But if you take his coach out of the mix, that's going to change things. But remember what it I... It may not mean that he's leaving, but it's going to change things. Remember what I said, though. I remember I said it. we only fire Jeremy Pruitt if Hugh Freeze is locked in behind closed doors. I do not know why Caden Salter would leave Tennessee because we... Got rid of a crappy well, if he coach. To play for, if he wanted to play for Hugh Freeze, he would have committed to Liberty, dude. Why would he want to? Why would he want to play for Jeremy Pruitt as an, a quarterback? Because that's who recruited him and convinced him that he wanted to come here. That doesn't make any sense. To, I, it doesn't make. Why sense, would he leave though? Facts. He it's wouldn't a, leave. If you fire the coach that he wants to there's play for, no there's no reason. Maybe somebody if we else get, that he wants to play for. If Hugh Freeze is next in line, there's no reason he would leave, or he's an idiot, and I don't want him. If he doesn't want to be here, but we don't have Jeremy Pruitt. I personally want him more than anybody in the country. And um, if we screw this up just by firing the guy that recruited him and he wanted to play for him, then that's stupid. I mean, Hugh Freeze. Anyways, we don't know. He does. And those coaches know. And Phil Fulmer probably knows. So, at that point, what it comes down to is if you're Phil Fulmer, all right. Does, is this kid committed to the school or is he committed to Jeremy Pruitt? If he's committed to Jeremy Pruitt, I ain't firing Jeremy Pruitt. I don't care what he does. I want Caden Salter no matter what. You would keep Jeremy Pruitt you, if you he lost to Vanderbilt. You know what I mean, Paul. Don't, don't, you know what I mean. Well, you Come said on. no matter what he does. I don't I just care to what clarify. happens. I don't care if we beat Vanderbilt 10-7. to 7. I want Caden Salter. I honestly don't really care if we lose because I want Caden Salter. I would not sell the program. I would not because that's. That's giving up. You know that's not what I want, Paul. Though I know I'm, I'm not aware. giving. I'm not, I'm not mad. Giving I'm up. not arguing. I'm not giving up. That kid's a program cha- a program changer, and that's going to change the program. So I I really don't care that much. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be really pissed off if we lose to Vanderbilt. You know that. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But, but I'm saying like, how but, if it's if it's the difference between Caden Salter coming here and not coming here? I don't care what happens. I want Coach Pruitt to be here because I want Caden Salter to be here. So we keep Pruitt for a year, and then maybe we fire him since Salter's already yes, here? I'm fine with that. Okay. Well, that's why I said because we Because I don't think Hugh Freeze goes anywhere this year anyway, so even, we're still in the hunt for Hugh Freeze. I don't care. But my thing was, I'm saying I know after this season, is, I, I'm saying after the season when Salter's already signed here. He can still leave, though. He can transfer after a year. He has to be here. He doesn't have to be here a year. You can't, how can you transfer if you've never been there? You can't you unsign. You can before the season comes. Then yeah, what's the point can. of signing? Signing means nothing, then. If, you if can he leave. signs and Tennessee is still Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt is still here and that's who he's committed to, then nothing changes there and he's staying here. But if you fire his coach, then he's going to think about it. And if he thinks about it, there's a chance that he doesn't stay. I just have the opinion that I think he's committed to Tennessee and not a coach. But you. Ha- but that's just not how this works, especially not right now. But he's been committed here for like ever. Like he was committed here for a long-ass time. And that's fine, but they're like Adrian Martinez was committed here for a long ass time, and then we fired our coach. And what did he do? I don't even know who that is. The starting quarterback at Nebraska, who could, who would be a hell of a lot better than JG. I mean, yeah, a lot of people would Taj be a hell Boyd of a lot was, better than JG. Taj Boyd was committed here for a long time. Philip Fulmer gets fired. Lane Kiffin comes in. 
Nah. I mean, Lang- I'm just saying. And that was that was ten years ago. I mean, okay. I just don't see why. If I'm a quarterback, offensive genius Hugh Freeze. Just because. Oh, he's here. Who, I don't want to play for him anymore. That's not who recruited you. That's why. Right, but Hugh Freeze. Is we just don't not, understand that situation because we weren't five. Right, we were I'm five just giving my opinion. There's no winning in this argument because no, it's just opinionated. Just, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like this kid's not just. He doesn't just want to play for anybody. Yeah. If he was worried about playing for a quarterback whisperer, he might go play for damn Lane Kiffin. That's an option on the table. I'm yeah, positive a, Lane Kiffin would take him. Yeah, yeah. That's a good opportunity. He could, if he wants to play for a quarterback whisperer, he could go play for Florida. Yeah, Kyle Trask probably ain't going to be here next year, and Dan Mullen is the definition of a quarterback whisperer. I know. I just uh, – this is just my opinion. There's no argument here. I'm just saying if I'm a quarterback, I would not leave just because we got rid of Jeremy Pruitt and hired Hugh Freeze. But, but I'm only saying we hire Hugh but, Freeze. But here's a guy – here's a guy who, I understand who's going to come in and play for three years and just wants to play in the NFL. He doesn't really care where it is. I guess so. I know that we want to think differently because we're Tennessee fans and we want him to want to be here. I get that. But I just don't think that's really how that works. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, it's your favorite time of the show. We're going to pick them. The Down and Dirty Podcast is brought to you exclusively by Hot Takes. Tune in to our podcast at Hot Takes on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, and many others, and find us on Twitter at Hot Takes 98 Check us out. And welcome back to Down and Dirty. Uh, it's your favorite part of the week or weekend or whenever you're listening to your favorite podcast. It doesn't matter when you're listening, where you're listening, how you're listening. We're just glad that you are listening. Indeed. And it is pick'em time. So first game up, uh, Rutgers at Maryland. Greg Who is not going to be playing on TV. Greg Who? <laughs> Uh, they play at noon. It literally doesn't have a channel, or else I would tell you the channel so you can watch that awesome game. Uh, Maryland's an eight-point favorite. Uh, they also FPI also gives them a 50.5% chance to win, the closest FPI of the day, because you can't really get closer than that. Uh, Cole, you're the guest. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, Rutgers or Maryland? I'm going to have to go with Maryland on this one. I feel like uh, Tagovailoa is like coming on strong at Maryland. I know he had a first – Rough few games there at the beginning, but I feel like he's starting to you know, get some chemistry with his teammates. I know he threw for 300-something yards at one game. So, if he just has a solid game and the defense plays well, I feel like Maryland will come out with the win on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Maryland as well. Do you have any guess why, Paul? Greg who? Greg who? <laughs> um, no, yeah, no. Greg Schiano doesn't have a chance in this game. I know he's the greatest college football coach of all time and everything, but... uh, Cap. Yeah. If you can't taste sarcasm in my words right here, then I don't know what you're doing. No, um, Rutgers doesn't have a chance here. Talia Tungvalo is too good. Give to Maryland. Uh, I'm going Maryland by 42, at least. Uh, Because I hate Greg Sheon. Greg who? Greg who? Duke at Florida State on ACC Network at 4 o'clock. Um, Florida State's a five-point favorite, and they have, FBI gives them a 66% chance to win. Cole, uh, who you got? I'm going to have to go with Florida State. Uh, from the games I've watched, I feel like they have 
approved a lot from the very beginning of the season. So, and they're playing a Duke, uh, Duke team. So, not really heard much from Duke in the football. So, I'm going to go to Florida State. Yeah, Florida State's had a really or Duke's had a really bad year. Florida State has too, but um, I think that if you think about it, I mean, you really got to give the nod there to uh, to Florida State. They're more talented. They've just had a better year all around, and I think that you got to give to Florida State all day. I'm going to go with uh, Duke, <laughs> uh, just wow. because of Jared Buchanan. Wow, where would we be without diversity? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> call me when Duke kicks your ass, Jared. Uh. Next, uh, probably the game of the week, honestly. This this is not a good week for Pickham, uh, but game of the week, number 17, UNC at number 10, Miami on ABC at 3.30. Miami is a three-and-a-half-point three point favorite, and FBI gives them a 67.7% chance to win. Colt, this is a toss-up. Who you got? I'm going to have to go with Carolina on this one. I know. I think they're going to come back. I feel like they had a rough game against whoever they lost to. Was it last week or week before? Who was that? Uh, I have no idea. I can't remember. Week who they before, played. I think, was the Notre Dame game. Is that when they got blown out? Yeah, that's when. No, they, got... they didn't get blown out. Was it? Was it close? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna still go with Carolina. So. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm gonna go with Carolina. I don't. I really ain't seen really anything surprising from Miami this year. Uh, considering I haven't watched them, but. I'm going to have to go with Carolina in the upset. All right, Josh, who you got? Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, but North Carolina's really got to um, put it on there, out, uh, out there to, this week. Um, they lost to Florida State, which is like, wow. Um, That's embarrassing. Yeah, but uh, since then, the only loss they've had was Notre Dame. Um They've they've put together a pretty good year. Um, do, you think, do you think Jared watched that Florida State game, or do you think he's with his girlfriend? Over or under a million percent with his girlfriend. <laughs> he may have watched the game with his girlfriend, but that's not the question. So. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I don't. I don't think that uh, Miami's as good as everybody thinks they are. So I'm taking Florida State all day in this game. Uh. It's UNC and Miami. That's what I meant. You're going to take North, North Carolina. Carolina. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be with the diversity crew today, and I'm going to go Miami in a close game. Uh, I think Miami is very, very good when they're not playing Clemson. Uh, they play a lot better when they're not playing Clemson. I don't know what it is, but they just don't even look like the same team. And they're not playing Clemson this weekend, so obviously I'm going to go with Miami. Uh, SEC game of the week, more than likely, number nine, Georgia at number 25, Missouri. Tennessee beat a Missouri team, uh, top 25 team by like 20, so shut up. And it is a, on SEC Network at noon. Georgia's a 13-point favorite and an 83% chance to win, according to the FBI. FBI. FPI. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, who you got? Uh, Georgia all day, every day. Uh, I don't see Missouri putting up a fight at all. Uh, I just think Missouri will get down by a, cup, a couple touchdowns and roll over. Georgia by a mile for me. Uh, I'm going to go upset. I'm going to take Missouri in a very close, close game. Okay, when oh I my. made the suggestion before the show that you could just start picking random games and just take the underdog no matter what. This I'm pretty is not sure what he's I'm joking. This is not pretty what sure I'm he's meant. joking about that. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, 
Missouri's playing as good as anybody is right now in the SEC. Georgia's not playing that great. They have struggled. (laughs) What? Georgia's struggled the past couple weeks. So, I mean, I'm going to take – I'm going to take Missouri. I I kind of agree. Like, I almost did it. Yeah. The quarterback situation at Georgia kind of scared me. Ah, see, that's – I'm really about that reasoning thing. There's a reason I'm down 10 in this pick thing. Uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Uh, I'm going to go first because it's my show and I can. Uh, on ABC at noon, Oklahoma's a 13.5 point favorite and an 80% chance to win according to the FPI. Thank and you. Oklahoma is going to win by three scores. Uh, Josh, you can go first. We're going to go backwards. Celebrate diversity, baby. I'm going West Virginia. Um, they've had a rough season, but Oklahoma has two. West Virginia is a team that can randomly win any game. Um, and so I'm going to go with West Virginia here. Um, I really haven't watched any of these teams this year, but I know Oklahoma. You're not missing much. Yeah, I know. Oklahoma has struggled a lot with their quarterback, even though he's supposed to be the next Heisman winner. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to go with Josh. Diversity is happening today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Auburn at Mississippi State on SEC Network at 7.30. Auburn is a six-and-a-half-point favorite and a 74% chance, 74.5% chance to win the game, according to the FPI. Um, Josh, you can go first, and then Colin and me. Auburn has some really good DBs and everything. We saw that against us. Uh, Mississippi State has obviously been an air raid team all year. They have had a ton of trouble running the ball, but they did okay against uh, Ole Miss. I think they found some success in the run game that they're going to try and use here. Um, but I think it's just kind of a – they're just on day, and I think Mississippi State wins. Wow. Hmm. Cole, who you got? I was thinking, thinking the same thing. Uh, Auburn's really on the downfall. Cole, you're doing great. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Auburn's on the downfall this year. Um, well, this last half of the year, but I, I just think Mississippi State is just – Going to manhandle them. Uh, I'm going to take Auburn. Um, I just want to acknowledge everybody. Uh, we when we've picked differently, Josh and Cole have picked the exact same picks the whole time. Uh, I'm the only one that's not picked the same thing. That's going to change when I pick Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go with Auburn. I think Bo Nix has a great day against Mississippi State's defense. Um, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. SEC Network at 4 o'clock. Tennessee is a 15-point favorite, which is a shocker for us to be a favorite in any game. 82. Oh, will you pick Vanderbilt so I don't have to lose? Like, I, we, don't, we don't have to tie because ties are kind of like kissing your sister. And I have a sister, and I don't want to do that. I don't think that's how ties are. But uh, Tennessee, <laughs> FBI gives Tennessee an 82% chance to win. Uh, First of all, who came up with that idea? Like, the, 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 the joke, like... Second kissing place or whatever, like kissing yourself. Like, who did that? It was an Alabama fan. Who did that and said, you know, those two things compare with each other a Yeah, lot. I don't know. They, <laughs> were, like, they were in a dark place that day. Literally some dude, like, <laughs> lost, and he was like, damn Man, it. like kissing my and sister. And he kissed his sister, and he was like. That's not the same. He, he, like, <laughs> he, came, out, he came out of the room and was like. You know, if you think about it, those two things are kind of the same a little bit. I get bit. the same feeling from kissing my sister that I do coming in second. What? What did he coming say? In, coming in what? Second. <laughs> you mean <laughs> what? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Well, all right. We we're, getting get there. Yeah. Get, we're, we're getting freaky. Let's get weird. We're getting weird. All right, Cole. Yeah, we're getting weird. Let's get weird. All right, Cole. What do you got? Who do you got and why? 
Uh, Charlie, you should not have a problem picking this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Van okay. Tennessee. I'm going to go with Tennessee on this one. Uh, like I said earlier, Ty Chandler and Eric Gray should have an excellent day on the ground and leading to Bailey just throwing absolute dots downfield. I got Tennessee. I'm going to give you a score on this one. Ooh. 42 to 10. Oh, I would love that. I'd be 42 happy. 10. I'm here for it. I like the energy there, Cole, but not too much because you see what's actually going to happen is Tennessee's going to win 35 to nothing. Um, oh, okay. The defense right. is not going to struggle. Shut out? The defense is not going to struggle with this Vanderbilt team. Um, on top of that, I think you definitely see both quarterbacks play. I say both because we really only have two now. Um, you're going to see Shrout. You're going to see uh, Bailey. Um, we got to do a better job of managing how we change out our quarterbacks. But, definitely. But I think we definitely should see both of them. Uh, Shrout definitely earned more playing time uh, last week. And really, with this game and the next game, is battling for a starting spot next year. And yeah. that's something that we never thought was going to be a possibility. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be a possibility, but, I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, yeah, he, he's it is. got a chance. So Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take Tennessee 35 to nothing. I want both of those guys to have a good game. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tennessee's defense has been uh, slow compared to the opponents all year, but this is Vanderbilt. I am slow if in basketball if, you're, if I'm a high school guard, but in men's league, I'm considered a fast guard. Just there's a reason. The talent gap is not even similar. So when you look at Tennessee's defense compared to Vanderbilt's offense, we should look like an Alabama defense on Vanderbilt. Plain and simple. Uh, I like Josh's shutout idea, but I think we score a little bit more points. I think we win 56 nothing. I think we have uh, offensively our best game. We know who we we know at least the options at quarterback is not going to change. I think our defense scores a couple of times. And I think Velas, Velas Jones Jr. gets a kickoff return. Either to open the first half or the second half. With the one the kickoff. End zone? Yes. I'll, I'll cream my pants, man. I will. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're getting weird. And the reason I gave the, the, the 10 points to Vandy is because we're Tennessee. No, we get it. We I, 100% I get it. Is, I, is <laughs> Yo, that I see? Year, yeah, you don't have to explain it. We get it. We suck. I, I see. Uh, you know, Vandy coming out and Tennessee adjusting to Vandy, the first kickoff, who whatever you know, their, their first possession. I see him getting a field goal, and I see him getting a touchdown later in the game when it's a uh, garbage time. When it's garbage time, and we got some second strings in, but I know Jeremy Pruitt don't believe in second strings playing. Yeah, so that's damn right. Yeah, he I don't not know. believe in the backups. I'd like to win this game by so much that JG takes the last couple snaps. Yeah. Like he gives JG the Oof. last drive because we're up by 74. <laughs> hey, if I, if I was playing as NCAA as, in this As hope. far as being that excited about a Bayless Jones return, um, part of the reason, well, the whole reason is he hasn't done it all year. I would be just as excited if he returns it to the 30-yard line. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to see him run the ball. Just like, do something. It's like that meme you where you're poking at a rock and we you're like. you for a reason. You're good at football. Be good at football. Show us yeah. that you're Show good us that at football. you're fast. Show us how good you are. And definitely I want to see Jalen Hyatt a whole lot more than I did last week. Yeah. Although football has kind of turned into a uh, just an offensive and defensive game. I mean, they really kind of took the special teams out with all right. these new and I rules. Hate that, I hate that rule. Yeah, where the, you can uh, fair you catch can it. You can fair catch it anywhere and get it at the 25-yard line. Yeah. It's so stupid. I mean, it's kind of come into a, a cupcake game, so to speak. And I get the point of the idea, but yeah. I still want to see kickoff returns. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's like the most exciting a, part of the whole game. At the beginning of the year, I understood it because 
we weren't moving the ball well on offense, so we definitely weren't going to be able to execute having the ball at the 10-yard line. Well, it doesn't matter now. Yeah. And you also have a true freshman in there. You want to get a return to see how how well you can set that up for yourself. And really, all of our touchdown drives against Florida were 95-plus yards. Like, they were long drives. So, so who cares? Yeah, so go for it. And if we don't, we're if playing we don't, Vanderbilt. We're still, we still have a shot there. Yeah. And if we do – you know, get a good return, then we have an even better shot. Yeah, and we have a – this is a game where you can completely put 100% faith in your defense to stop Vanderbilt on the one-yard – like if they get the ball on the one-yard line, I feel good about us giving Sarah Fuller her first field goal. They would not score a touchdown. And that really is just because of the – like there's a, there's a talent gap. Plain and simple, there's a humongous talent gap. Uh, Vanderbilt let Missouri score 41. We let Missouri score 12. Defensively, we were lights out compared to anything Vanderbilt is going to have. The story of the game is going to be the the push on the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Cole said that earlier, but yeah, the the, the battle in the trenches, man. Um, our offensive line is a hell of a lot better than their defensive line, and our defensive line is probably better than their offensive line, no matter how good our defensive yeah. line is. I think I should see at least one or two pancakes on offense. A quarter, one Go. or two pancakes a guy per drive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm down with that too. Yeah, I'm here for it. Well, this has been Down and Dirty. Josh, closing thoughts? Um, you know, I'm excited to see some Tennessee football in a game that we actually expect to win. Um, Facts. But in, on top of that, I'm always excited to see Tennessee football. And uh, I think that people are really taking it for granted. And here in a month, it'll be gone. So we got two games and a bowl game, uh, possibly. Let's I, I enjoy don't, I don't know how. I don't know how – that's all going to work out. I mean, we're eligible, and Coach Pruitt said we would accept the bowl bid, but yeah, um, which I love that, and I hope that we do get one because I'm always down to watch Tennessee football. But it is basketball season now. Hope that we are able to uh, keep things going with COVID and everything. And um, team was good last night. So yeah, closing thoughts, Mr. Mason. Uh, I think Tennessee should uh, win a little bit. This week, hopefully, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But two games on Saturday. You got the Cincinnati basketball game as well. So, yeah, yeah. Be sure to watch that. Uh, do we know the time for that? I think they said seven thirty on SEC Network or the alternate. Um, not a hundred percent sure on that. I'll give it to you before we go. Yeah, but NCAA uh, means and uh, uh, still kind of skeptical on the playoff it's committee. It's at noon, and see, I like to see how that plays out here in the future. On who makes it in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I think the college football playoff discussion is heating up the yeah. way that it usually does. Um, it took a little while to get there. But um, I really don't know what direction they're going to go with this. I mean, obviously it's still in the team's hands at this point. Um, I think Alabama – I don't think there's any way that Alabama doesn't get in. Yeah, for sure. Um Unless they end and up Texas losing the, to Arkansas. Is, Texas A&M's in a yeah, really Yeah, unless they good. just lose out. I mean, I don't see them not making it. A&M's in a really good position to get in right now, too. Yeah. Um, because really the toughest thing, the only thing they have to do is beat Tennessee, and they're probably in. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see an upset. That would be cool. Uh, you know, I don't think that you're going to see Florida and uh, Notre Dame – Win the their conference championship games. Yeah, um, but if like they we, do, I mean, like we like we said, I mean Texas A and M's in right there if that happens. Um, 
so yeah i guess we'll just have to wait and see but i'm excited for it yeah for sure uh be sure to check us out on twitter uh down in dirty 16 i tweet about 60 times a day uh no cap turn the post notifications on yeah i have to to read everything he says but they're doozies they're awesome or you can it's up to you actually do it uh also check us out on instagram down in dirty 1998 and as always i am your host paul leatherman and thank you for listening to down and dirty peace